following contest is set for one fall with a 20-minute time limit. Introducing first, from Hollywood, California, weighing 215 pounds, the Hollywood hunk, Ryan Nemeth. Well, there it is. This cat's dressed like the Hollywood hunk, and I'm laughing as though she's introducing the wing people. Look at this. Yeah, Nemeth. Love Nemeth. Well, Nemeth's like, no one's stealing my gimmick. Everybody's stealing. I'm stealing. That's, that's right. Nemeth, he's a kleptomaniac. Wait, that's uh, not someone fly. Klepto's correct. Okay. Yeah, you think of pyromaniac. Yeah, pyro. Yeah, we have pyro here. But you know, not, and we have maniacs, too. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, Nemeth really pulled the rug out from the fake Ryan Nemeth, huh? That'd be like if Ryan Nemeth had a brother. That'd be his brother. Welcome to the celebration of the talents, the highs, and the lows of everybody's favorite televised wrestling show, not on TV. It's AW Dark. I am your host, Ben, alongside the lovely Rebecca, and we recently went to San Francisco not just for AEW Revolution, but also for AEW Dark, also featuring AEW Rampage. Did you have a lovely time? Yeah, I had an awesome time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I would say that we probably had more fun at Dark than the pay-per-view, which was also an excellent show. Oh yeah, the pay-per-view was great, but Dark was the highlight of the weekend. Yeah, and that's even without Taz and Excalibur commentary. So uh, the (laughs) deal is is that we both like wrestling. I grew up with wrestling, and Rebecca lives with me now, and we're married. So she is finding ways to cope. And one of the best ways to cope is with AEW Dark, because even though AEW has several other hours of programming that storyline-wise are more important, uh, we love watching AEW Dark, not just for Taz and Excalibur commentary, but also seeing rising names in the industry and so what we want to do with dark 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 is we want to uh, take a look at some of those rising talents who are making their debuts returns uh, or finding their place in the wrestling world and one of those avenues they're trying to do that through is aw dark so we are going to have brief rundowns of aew dark uh, we might add elevation at a certain point, but this week we're going to stick with Dark itself. And we're going to go over all the matches, but we're going to try and focus on the ones that have more developing talent that you've probably heard less of. We're going to talk about which talents were more standout or not, our thoughts on the show, some fun comments. And also at the end, I'm going to leave you guys with a little bonus match that you can watch while waiting for next week's AEW Dark. Doesn't that sound fun, sweetheart? Sounds great. Also, we should probably clarify clarify that uh, Dark 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 is what Dark Dunkle Sombre means. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we both speak English. She speaks French. No, she speaks German. I absolutely do not speak French. I speak French. French. The beautiful Disgusting language. Disgusting language. Of, of la France. Um, so... Because there was a pay-per-view, uh, a lot of the matches that were taped at Rampage aired on the special Saturday edition of Dark. These mainly featured uh, main roster talents, and so we're going to touch on these a bit faster than Secondary Dark. Uh, the opening match was actually from Wednesday's Dynamite, 
And it was the Work Horsemen versus the former tag champions, the Acclaimed. Um, it's something we've talked about uh, before recording this multiple times. But there is a clear line between Max Caster raps on Dark and Max Caster raps on uh, on on television. Yeah, his rap on Dark, I think it literally started with, I don't know what to say. That was part of his raps. Yeah, um, it's, we're really happy to be here in San Francisco. Yay! Yeah, I mean, he got through it. There is a one live show he went to where he ran away and had to restart. And he almost botched it at Revolution, too. He was I, I like heard a that. half step off. He, he wasn't on beat, but he pushed through. He was like, I can't mess this up at the pay-per-view. Yeah, you just got to push through. Uh, he did say that the Work Horsemen look like Drake and Josh from a meth lab. That was nice. And uh, Taz mentioned the San Fran scissor pun. I appreciated that. Yeah, San Francisco really got into the San Fran scissor chant throughout the weekend. Oh, and... Uh, of course, Excalibur made a reference to Star Trek. J.D. Drake was like the USS Resilience in The Wrath of Khan, bringing people down. I appreciated that. He has many references. Yeah, the, so I'm going to take this time to oh, say... Oh, and I'm a Star Trek fan. There's that. Yeah, I, I'm going to take this time to say I really like the Work Horseman. I love J.D. Drake. Anthony Henry, um, I to me has what i like to call davy richards syndrome and uh, davy richards syndrome is where you're a really good wrestler and you just chain together a bunch of really cool moves but like i don't know why you're doing them he did a neck crank followed by jd doing a uh doing like a rolling press into the ring I'm like, you didn't work on the neck for the rest of the match, so why'd you do it? And, like, it looked brutal, but they just never followed up on it. So I was like, why why bother? I will say, though, Anthony Henry, uh, him and JD worked in Ring of Honor before the sale to Tony Khan. He's also been killing it in DPW out of North Carolina, if you want to see more of his single stuff. Uh, he wrestled, I think it's Colby Carino, and I think that's available for free on their YouTube channel. And that is an amazing match between the two of them. They just kill each other. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. Off on a tangent there. Uh, we we like to score these matches not on a technical scale, but on the charm scale, as coined by Matt, uh, from Fourth Times the Charm. And uh, I would like to ask you, out of four, how charmed were you by this match? I was not particularly charmed, so I guess two. Yeah, I gave it a solid two. Uh, it was a fine match. Uh, the acclaimed get the win, of course, uh, with the pinfall. Uh, also next is Aaron Solo versus Daniel Garcia. And this is where I started to notice that pretty much every single match at the dark taping we went to was placed in the show completely out of order. Yeah, I noticed that too. When we were in the crowd, it was not what they put on YouTube. Yeah, like everything aired, but it was all... So like the uh, 
Aaron Solo and Garcia was the second to last match of the show. Then they had Pretty Peter versus Hook, which was the last match of the show. And then Hardy Party versus uh, Mark Briscoe and Lucha Brothers, which was third from the last. And then everything that they taped in the first hour was the Tuesday Dark, which I found unimportant, but mildly interesting, if nothing else. Um, Aaron Solo is, uh, is, is been freed from the shackles of the factory. Yeah, I didn't really watch that one. I think Aaron Solo is incredibly boring. All right. (laughs) Uh, well, he's, well, he was in front of his San Francisco home turf, uh, wrestled Daniel Garcia. It was a perfectly fine match. Um, at the end, Sammy Guevara cheats to help Daniel Garcia win, and he gives Danny a t-shirt with both of them on it. Um, which, but with his name extremely large. And, and Garcia's on a post-it note. Yes. But what I find interesting is that he needed to purposefully make that a post-it note and then get it printed. Because, you know, it's screen printing. He can't print that on afterwards. I'm sure there are ways. I think he's trying to needle him. What? Yeah. I would think. It was a fine match. It was fine. Um, Let's see. uh, Pretty Peter Avalon versus Hook. The best match of the night. I was dressed as Pretty Peter. Unfortunately, Pretty Peter from a month ago because he used to have long dark hair and a trucker style mustache and a purple uh, robe and now he is completely different looking which was upsetting and he told me so he said i don't look like that anymore and then he got his ass beat and taz said fair <laughs> yeah uh we went to the show dresses our favorite aw dark favorites rebecca was pretty uh, peter pretty peter avalon uh and i was the hollywood hunk ryan nemeth or Jericho, if Jericho picture. is there. Yeah, yeah. Jericho <laughs> wanted. Jericho came out before Rampage, and insisted I was dressed as him. Who am I to tell him he's wrong? Uh, but anyway, Pretty Peter said that if he wrestled Chris Jericho in Southern California, he would have won, as opposed to San Francisco. And then Hook came out and choked him out in about twenty seconds. Yeah, I looked very distraught on the camera, which I was. Uh, And then wrapping us up for the Saturday Dark is the Hardy Party versus what I'm calling the Death Chickens, which are uh, the Lucha Brothers and Mark Briscoe. Death Chicken. Isn't, like, wouldn't you uh, reference, like, one of the chickens in Guacamelee instead? Like, don't they have a name for, like, a bunch of different chicken moves and references? Pollo. Pollo? Pollo is Spanish for chicken. Yeah, I know, but, like... Death death pollo. Pollo de la muerte. Yeah, that's it. Pollo de la muerte. There we go. Um, We get a nice, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From Isaiah, but the death chickens win. I gave it a nice two and a half out of four charms. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, they're all signed. They're really not rated on the charm scale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a part of the purview 
what is under the purview is Tuesday's episode of AEW Dark, opened by Milo at MacDaddyMilo on Twitter versus Sky Blue. Uh, I, I've been looking into details on Milo. She's been wrestling. Uh, it looks like less than two years. Uh, she, it, from her Instagram, it looks like she was trained in mid 2021 and she made her debut either towards the end of 2021 or early 2022. So she's still very new, 29 years old. So still has a future in the business. Uh, she's a West coast based athlete. Um, she's had sporadic appearances on AEW dark throughout the year and has also been uh, featured on the likes of Hollywood wrestling. Um, wh- what did you think of her performance? I liked her bra, like her upper gear, her bottom gear was just some black stocking. So she should work on that. Um, <laughs> what gear is super important. I thought that her wrestling was equally as good, if not a bit better than Sky Blues, which I know isn't actually saying much, but... So, so I actually got to agree. She had a killer cutter in the match. It came out of nowhere. I mean, she dropped Sky Blue, which kudos to Sky Blue for that, too. Uh, She also had... I'm sorry, but... She went for a top rope splash, and that was, like, the lowest to the ground splash I've ever seen. Well, she almost fell. Like, she was already on the ground, and she almost still fell over. So, you know, hit or miss, as I said, equally as good, if not a slightly better than Sky Blue. Who changed her makeup, did you notice? I did notice a it was bit. It was more interesting. It was better. Yeah. Sky Blue's getting better slowly but surely. She just needs to stop doing that tongue thing. The tongue thing is killing it's us. It's distracting and she looks uncomfortable. If you're not going to have... Uh, Jericho talks about this. If you're not going to like have full confidence in what you're doing, don't do it. Because she she's not committing to Daddy Magic's hard nipples with her tongue thing. She, she just sort of sticks it out and she looks like she regrets it. Honestly, I feel like if she took some of Milo's attitude that she exhibited throughout the match, it might help her a bit. And we've seen flashes of it. I, I still maintain there's an AEW Dark that was in, um, I think it was from last year's LA show. So the first LA show they did where Sky Blue fought Marina Shafir and they just beat the tar out of each other it was awesome i still think it's one of the best matches from both women uh i gave the match uh like like one one and a half charms out of four just because it was super quick but i did like what i saw from milo especially for someone with only a year in of experience yeah i give milo two charms and sky blue one because she should be better by now (laughs) Uh, well, hey, we had a really good match after this. We had Bad Dude Tito versus Brian Cage. Bad Dude Tito uh, is an undercard New Japan guy. New Japan Strong. New Japan Strong, which is their U.S. branch. Uh, he's a Northern California local. We saw him at Bloodsport 7 where he wrestled Eric Hammer. And I don't know if you remember that match, but that was like the two big dudes who were just punching the crap out of each other for like five minutes. 
I didn't remember him, but you mentioned that the match I did see, I was impressed by him. And I was impressed by him this time, too. Yeah, bad dude Tito. It, what surprises me about Tito is he's a big dude, but I would say even more so than Brian Cage, he's clearly able to work multiple different styles. Like, he was fast. He was athletic. Uh, he looked really good here. And we've seen him just do straight-up slugging it out before also. Yeah, he looked really good, especially in his shiny black gear. As I said, gear is important, and he looked quite good in it. See, I don't know about the shiny black gear. I liked it. I thought it it added. But see, for me, it's like if you look at it the wrong way, it does sort of look like he's wearing a trash bag. I don't get that. No? Okay. We'll see. I'm wrong. Uh, Brian Cage wins with a modified cloverleaf lion tamer uh, mix. I guess he's tired of doing the drill claw all the time, and fair enough. I thought it was solid looking for a finish. Uh, and that's after a massive discus lariat. Uh, these guys went back and forth for a while. Bad dude Tito got some good offense in. He got a top rope blockbuster in. Um, got several reversals off cage. Got to kick out of some big moves. Uh, I thought he looked really good, and I hope to see more from him. Yeah, he was dope. I yeah. like him. I gave it a three out of four charms. Wow, what's your four out of four? Well, I, I have it. Well, four is like all timer, you know. You got to reserve a full four out of four for a real like experience. Meltzer frowns. Yeah, yeah. He was there too. He was across <laughs> from us. He wasn't as animated as we were. Uh, but he was about as animated as Jake Roberts, who came out to introduce Lance Archer. Um, the announced team was chastising Jake for coming out with his AEW crew lanyard. Uh, fair. So, and he also, like, apparently didn't know anything about Lance Archer except yeah, his name. Yeah, he came out there as, like, from wherever he damn well Please. He said, weighing whatever he weighs from parts unknown. Oh, yeah, from parts unknown. Right, right, right. I mean, I did think the second one, parts unknown, was like a good save because it sounds like mysterious and whatever. But it was almost like um, Orange's intro. Yes, yes. <laughs> but he wasn't close. trying to be funny. He just didn't remember. <laughs> Uh, so he was facing off against Guillermo Rosas and Cody Chun C4, a tag team that is on uh, New Japan Strong, or that has recently debuted on uh, New Japan Strong. Uh, they are Pacific Northwest talents who have frequented Prestige and Defy in the last year or so. They're graduates of the Nightmare Factory, so they are no stranger to AEW Dark. They can be found online at Classic Chun and at Pistole Rosas. Uh, and that's Cody Chun with two H's. Don't forget it. Uh, they did not have a lot of time to show off their skills before Lance Archer destroyed them. But we did see Cody Chun do a very nice spinneroony. Um. And we also saw them get smashed with a really hard lariat from Lance Archer. Yeah, I mean, they showed up, they looked scared, and then they got beaten. One out of four charm. But, you know, they sold it. 
they were they were looking like they knew what was happening, which is more than some dark wrestlers. Uh, coming up next is Konosuke Takeshita versus J versus Jack Cartwheel. Uh, Zero out of four charm. I I will give it two out of four charms because Takeshita reversed all of Jack Cartwheel's offense in a spectacular way, uh, and that felt good watching him destroy Jack Cartwheel. We uh, you you, you see, guys, we try to be impartial, but Jack Cartwheel took my photo once. Without crediting me, and when someone asked him who took it, he said he didn't know, even though he took it like 30 minutes beforehand and no one else reposted it. And I tagged you in it, Jack, and you saw it. But you know what happened? You got Blue Thunder Bomb by Konosuke Takeshita. So. Yeah, cartwheel yourself to hell, Jack. Coming up next, Big Bill versus Julius Coleman. Uh, Julius is a guy who actually has a more extensive resume, 35 years old. It seems like he oftentimes goes by, uh, Jew Diz, which you underscore J U underscore D I Z Z, which is his Instagram handle. Uh, I thought he had a really cool look. He got to show off a little bit more than some other guys on the show. Uh, had a fun corkscrew, uh, corkscrew drop kick. Uh, and also he went flying over the top rope when, uh, Big Bill sent him, uh, he took a big choke slam to end it. So he was on the losing end, but from the limited amount I saw, I was pretty impressed by him. Yeah, I thought he was good. Um, he had that little chest wobble thing that people with pecs can do. He wore African, like, Egypt, African flag inspired. Well, not, I mean, Africa itself doesn't have a, a flag, but his pants. The flag of Africa. His pants were the usual black, red, green, and he had like Egypt motifs on it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm black, but the amount of black wrestlers whose identity is Africa is a little tiring. Mm-hmm. He could he could use changing that. Well, I enjoyed it. Um, I I am curious to see more of him. Uh, he's wrestled for AAA, LA Fights slash GCW. Uh, he seems to be based out of the SoCal Las Vegas area, and he's been wrestling most often for the Level Up promotion. Uh, once again, at Jew underscore Diz. Uh, the next match, uh, and one of my favorites of the evening was Willow Nightingale versus Zoe Dubois, uh, who Taz on commentary described as having quote, slanky woman vibes. That's kind of wacky. Uh... I thought she was really cool. She, uh, seems to have a dancing background by the way she moves and she's dressed in this really cool black getup with black swan makeup. I thought it was a very unique look and angle. You don't see a lot of women's wrestlers going the dance route, professional dance route, not just wiggling your hips. Uh, so I liked her a lot. And I mean, she also wrestled pretty well. She didn't get the chance to do a lot of moves, but she sold to hell. Yeah, she did a really cool split uh, uh, to counter Willow. 
the few moves she did and the few moves she took looked really good. She's probably the person I'm most impressed with this week. Yeah, same. Because she's, guess how long she's been wrestling? How long? Uh, about a year. Well, I mean, she's obviously already athletic. As I said, she looked a lot like a dancer. But what what I appreciated is that, and Julius got this too, when you are on dark, there's a very important thing is your, is your like entrance pose because they say your name and you pose and like you got to get your whole character across in that one second pose. And you know what? She did it. She did it. She fucking nailed it. I, I thought she looked really cool for having barely any experience. I looked on her uh, cage match, which is a wrestling database. I uh, looked on it for other matches she's been on. The only other match on there is her other AEW dark match, which was from like January. Yeah, so I thought she did a great job. I really liked her. I hope they bring her back. She took a hell of a doctor bomb, too. Uh, I gave it three out of four charms. Yeah, I'll give it three out of four as well. Um, Athena ran in. Apparently, Athena is the only woman who's like, oh, my God, I can use dark for my own devices. Yeah, so apparently... um, (laughs) I feel like every dark I see, Athena runs in. WrestleMania weekend... What's the ROH pay-per-view? Uh, Super Card of Honor. It's probably going to be Athena versus Willow. That's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be fucking awesome. Uh, and our main event, AR Fox versus the Hollywood Hunk. Now, I, I have to establish I had a personal attachment to this match. You were Hunk's brother. That Taz. That's what Taz said. What My favorite thing about this is is the match opens and before it even shows us Taz and Excalibur are snickering and oh, yeah because we're sh- dancing yeah and then it shows us and they go well there you go <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we were we were brothered out as as uh, the Hollywood hunk and Peter Avalon we had our pinkies out and we were ready to touch tips with Ryan Nemeth and what does he do he shuns you. He shuns me. Gives me the old Italian, like, uh, the I don't know what you call it. The hand on the, elbow. Yeah, the hand on elbow. He gave me the hand on elbow. Maybe he was jealous. We managed to match Ben's hair perfectly. And with the jacket, you could have just replaced him. I could have. Yeah. I could have. Uh, but you know what? He may have broken my heart, but he got a good reaction from it. Uh, Taz said that I was stealing his gimmick and then he said that Ryan Nemeth likes to steal things and he's a kleptomaniac which became their subject for the entire rest of the match yeah he's a really good fencer because he fences people they 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 Taz said that maybe I was his brother but Excalibur said that that was so ridiculous it would never work could you imagine (laughs) The Hollywood hunk having a brother. No, I, I have no idea what that would be like. That's crazy. No. I mean, I saw him in a hotel during my first WrestleMania last year. He was with some guy, but like, who cares about that dude? And so I took a picture with him and he seemed pretty happy that I wanted a picture with uh, Hollywood what was, hunk. what was the other dude's name? Dol- Dol- Dolphin? Okay, but like, I literally didn't know who the <laughs> other guy was. 
I saw the Hollywood hunk like trailing behind this other guy and I ran up to him and I'm like, you're the Hollywood hunk. Can I take a picture? And he looked surprised because I, and I figured that was because we were at WrestleMania and like Hollywood hunk was there for other wrestling reasons. Anyway, I got a picture and it turned out the guy who I, cause I don't watch wrestling. Uh, the guy next to him was Dolph Ziggler, who is apparently the much more famous brother. The only person in the world to have this realization. Uh, This match was generally a showcase for AR Fox, and AR Fox is always fun to watch. Uh, Several versions of the cutter. Hollywood Hunk uh, had a little more uh, pep in his step uh, after rejecting his only fan in the world. Um, But you should have tagged in for him. That's what Taz said when he was getting his ass beat by ar fox yeah yeah you know he should have uh but ar fox he did not and ar fox got the win with a beautiful 450 splash uh and taz remarked that the fake peter avalon was very upset which which rebecca you were weren't you i mean at yeah i was upset uh taz also was absolutely shocked that at one point in the match the hollywood hunk did a really beautiful drop kick and he was like oh my god he knows how to wrestle sometimes that's crazy <laughs> uh so that is a w dark uh, the what was what was your favorite match and who was your standout performer well my favorite match was obviously pretty peters i mean he lost but he was still more pretty what a beautiful 15 seconds it was yes and uh the best person i think the newest best new person was zoe dubois i liked her the most so i want to put the hollywood hung versus ar fox as my match of the night of course but i want to give credit where credit's due uh brian cage is does not miss on AEW Dark. This match with Bad Dude Tito was boss and would be amazing anywhere. Um, you could put that on Dynamite and people would love it. Um, so I'll give that the shout out for my match of the night. But my standout is also Zoe Dubois for someone with such little experience. I thought she did really cool. Uh, it was a very fun episode of AEW Dark. Uh, and while we're sending you away... I did want to give you guys a bonus wrestling match of the week to help tide you over before AW Dark next week. At this time, it is footage of a match from 1938. Oh my god. It is the some of the earliest footage of worked professional wrestling where the former heavyweight champion Ali Baba takes on Dick Lever. Sounds riveting. In a spirited match. Spirited. I'll leave you guys with a fun fact. His name is Dick Lever. Dick Lever. Dick Lever. I'll leave you guys with a fun fact. Uh, When we were at the dark match, Aubrey Edwards uh, was refing and she was walking by. And I asked her what her wrist tattoo was from. Because if you look at her wrapping, you'll see she has a, ri- a wrist tattoo that looks a lot like the Star Wars symbol. And she said it is not the Star Wars symbol. She 
has never seen Star Wars. She's not a fan. It is the symbol of her ref school. Apparently, their logo is very similar. But Aubrey does not watch Star Wars, and she doesn't watch Star Trek either, and she in general doesn't watch movies. So do not say that it's that she's a Star Wars fan. <laughs> His name is Dick Lever, guys. Dick Lever. Don't you want to watch a match with Dick Lever in it? Who was the other guy? Abu Dhabi? Alibaba. Still rough. <laughs> it's 1938. All right, you guys, you got to remember the 20s is the decade where the Gold Dust Trio forms and establishes worked pro wrestling. So this is like within the first 15 years. This is like, like compare now to like 2007. And that's the difference in time we're dealing with here. Except it's the beginnings of fully worked uh, slam bang pro wrestling. So I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, we will maybe be back next week. We're still tinkering with it, but the one thing that will always be eternal is our love for dark, 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 dark,